Hello, everyone. You're listening to Battle Red Radio. My name is Matt Weston. Tonight, I'm joined by my good friend Taylor, fresh out of the time machine from the year 2014. Uh, how's the future? Are you afraid right now? Are you scared of the political climate we're living in? Did the internet make you very afraid today? Actually, as far as 2014 goes, I'm pretty sure I enjoy right now much more than 2014. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, I I was at a strange part in my life where I wasn't doing anything and I was trying to pass Spanish class. And, and how many times do you take the Spanish class? I don't th- I think that's irrelevant to how many this times? whole discussion. <laughs> no, it's so, very important. How many times? All right. Was this time number four? No, 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 number no. Number three? So here's the thing. Uh, I want the whole timeline of your Spanish class taking. Okay. Yeah, I hate every second of it. So essentially it goes failed freshman year, passed next freshman, or like, okay, so failed Spanish one, then passed Spanish one. Yeah. Passed Spanish two, failed Spanish three, then passed Spanish three, and then passed Spanish four. How is it that I passed Spanish 4 on the first time? And it was my highest grade. Because you got smarter. No, you know what it was? It's this easy. Uh, for Spanish 4. <laughs> I read the book. No, it was every single day. And since it was summer school, I had oh, to take gotcha. it for four hours a day. I feel like that's the only way you're really going to learn a language. And it's because you're forced to just listen to that all day, yeah, every day. It's not like a casual thing. Yeah, exactly. Where you're every other day, you're needing to speak this language that you're just now learning. Yeah. Dude, that's hard for me. Yeah, it's Especially when I got Laguna Beach going on at that time. You watch in Spanish. Well, actually, okay. But now, you can't see their mouse move, though, which may make it harder to learn. No, you're, you're right. I should at least put like Spanish subtitles. Nowadays, I would do that, but back then, I just didn't want to because, you know, I was living the dream. Yeah. San Marcos dream, baby. <laughs> so, we're, we're today, we watched Dallas versus Houston 2014, which you probably know by the title of the podcast, but uh, we're... Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. You got to tell the audience, to make the podcast a little bit better for you, watch the brief snippets or highlights of the game first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Go back and go to YouTube, watch... 2014 Houston versus Dallas highlights or uh, send me an email. I'll give you my password for NFL game pass. You really and will. I'll, yeah. I'll just change the password for you and the credit card information and you can watch <laughs> yeah, it cool. and you can have a, a good time. Watch this game again and then follow along. It was a, uh, it was a lot of fun. And so for both these teams for Houston, they came into this game three and one Dallas came into this game three and one too. for the Texans. This was the first year Bill Bryan's that coach. The year before, they went two and fourteen, and like I was going back and looking at it, I forgot about all the awful things happened for Houston to go two and fourteen. They won the first two weeks of the year in overtime. They beat San Diego in overtime. That screwed up Week One Monday Night Football at nine thirty game against the Chargers. Brian Cushing had pick six of Philip Rivers in it, and they beat Tennessee in overtime in Week Two. Then they lost fourteen games in a row. That's healthy. Yeah, during those fourteen games, Matt Schaub lost all ability to throw the ball to the sideline. Uh, Gary Kubiak had a stroke. Brian Cushy yeah. and Arian Foster both knocked out for the rest of the year and kind of like ruined their careers against Kansas City. Uh, before that game, like six or seven of their rookies got caught faking, smoking fake weed in the locker room and got kicked off the team. Uh, Which, by the way, that's like... What are you even thinking right now? Yeah, it's insane. Because if you're going to get kicked like off before the team... Before like a team meeting too. Why not smoke real weed? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, there you go. If you're going <laughs> to smoke fake weed and get kicked off, you might as well smoke real weed. Unless you're like in the military, I guess. I don't even understand that. Yeah. And then Matt Schaub was in... He threw all the pick sixes in a row. That he, was so funny. You could predict him doing it, it in every it single was sad, game. Though. What do you mean it was sad? Because Schaub you know, he was the greatest quarterback in franchise history. You laugh all the time as, yeah, I'm just going to get to it. The Des Bryant catch that happened this year. And so I can't laugh that Matt Schaub yeah, you can threw laugh. a pick yeah, every yeah, single yeah, you time he stepped down laugh. on the field. But you me, know what? I'm going to have myself a damn good laugh. <laughs> Let's okay? hear it. Let's hear it. Ha, ha. Good. As a Texans fan who bleeds battle red, my blood's red, you know. You hate your team. Maybe uh, actually, no. In 2014, I think you really loved your team. Oh, no. We argued. After 2012, like a really long argument about who's better, Matt Schaub or Tony Romo. Uh, and I went to war for Matt Schaub. You did, and you lost that war. Yeah. That was the same summer that uh, Ron Jaworski said Kaepernick is the best quarterback in the NFL. 
after they lost the Ravens. I'll never Bowl. forget that, and everyone lets him go for that too. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if he if he even is still on ESPN. Actually, anymore. I don't even think he has a job. Never mind. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, he I have two, he got two more for. jobs than he does probably. Whoa! But he doesn't need the money though. Ooh, but you don't have that nickname, Jaws. That's either. such a good nickname. Yeah. What do we call you? I don't know, stupid, fat that's, idiot. That's what, that's what we're going to call you. That That's the most depressing thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Just call me ugly. Just do it. I mean, you did call me ugly for like the last month or so. No, I just said, no, that was your brother that called you Uggo Matt. I said you were regular right. Matt. Uh, and then also Matt Schaub got injured against the St. Louis Rams. Again, they've lost by like 30 points. And the whole crowd cheered whenever he got injured and rolled around pain. TJ Yates came in through a pick six immediately after that, which is greatest a, a top moment of five all time. moment in franchise it's, history. It's the greatest moment yeah. of all time. And that was also around the time where fans were driving around Matt Schaub's house and honking and like, I don't know, lighting dog crap on fire and ringing the doorbell and th- and things like that, telling him to leave forever and that sort of thing. Let me ask you, what's what do you think a worse moment for a fan is? Oh, that moment where Matt Schaub then goes out and then Yates throws that interception. Or the Raptors thing? Oh, no, no, no. Or... The butt fumble by Mark Sanchez. Uh, the butt fumble. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty embarrassing. Like the other thing is just like good. the other thing is just like really funny though. Which, yeah, but so is the butt fumble. Yeah, but like it's there's like not as much karma involved in it because like Sanchez was just bad and he was bad and he was bad and then it pretty much like you know. Epitomize yeah, his badness. Talk a lot of smack or anything. Yeah, and like the shop thing was like, Ooh, oh, oh, was you this... want you want shop bench? He's benched, and then Yates throws a pick six. Was two thousand? Hold on. Speaking of Jets, was two thousand and fourteen the Hard Knocks of Jets? Maybe. Oh, that would be cool know. if we're doing this right now. Maybe. Um, what are the odds? What else? Oh, the Texans lost to Matt McGloin <laughs> in Oakland. Uh, Wade Phillips took over as the head coach, and you know he wanted to be the head coach and wasn't, and then he went to. Denver and won a Super Bowl in Denver after Kubiak became the head coach there as well. And yeah, just so many bad things happened in Houston in 2013. And they weren't like a talentless pit. They weren't a, a dark, you know, hole of despair at all by any means. They were a talented football team that just had really bad luck in 2013. So 2014 rolls around, Bill O'Brien's head coach. They're the first overall pick in the draft. They take Jadavian Clowney. Clowney is the only player left from the from that draft class still in this roster. It was him, Xavier Sufia, who's now backing up in Dallas. It was Sam Montgomery, who was cut his rookie year. It was Lewis Nix, who never even played a snap, I think, in Houston. It was C.J. Fedorowicz, who retired because of concussion issues. It was Andre Howell, who recently retired to do other things to get tired of playing football, who had a, you know, a good career in his own right. And I think like Lonnie Ballantyne, who was like a fast guy who broke his ankle and never really played at all. All those guys are gone. It's just like Clowney left, and you know he still isn't even around right now at the moment either. So they did all that, and then the thing was, that, okay, well, the head coach may be better. Now they're going to get a quarterback, and now they should make the playoffs. And they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick immediately. And everybody was like, yeah, that's a good signing. He'll be a good guy to show a younger quarterback how to be better. And they just never took a younger quarterback at all. They're like, oh, we'll sign Ryan Mallett to back him up. And it's what they wanted. Yeah, they never drafted a quarterback. And we know how it went where there was you know four starting quarterbacks selected in that draft. And the Texans got zero of them. And it took them three years after that fact to finally get a quarterback who's very good and we love very much. But I still think after like Fitzpatrick throws a touchdown, he should just really like scream like bibbity bobbity boo. Yeah. Like just to everybody. <laughs> like just that's his like tagline. I think that would like go over like, I mean, if he just, it's like a wrestler. If he just like starts screaming that in people's face. He does scream a lot. They'd be like, what is it? What is he saying? Does he <laughs> just say bibbity bobbity boo? And the one thing that kind of makes me upset about, well, I mean, I guess one thing about the Fitzpatrick thing is I couldn't even enjoy watching him play because I was so mad they didn't draft a quarterback that year. But like Fitzpatrick is still kind of like, is that where your hatred watch. lies from? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, well, that's not yeah. his fault. You it's always not his made fault. it seem like it was Fitz Magic's it's like, doing on what because you made him. there's enjoyable things about like watching him scramble is funny. The way he dives head first all the time is funny. His helmet's always screwed up. That's funny. It's funny he went to Harvard. It's supposed to be really smart, but he makes like seven really stupid decisions every game. I mean, he threw 14 receptions last year in Tampa. Uh, and like he can, he loves team. to throw the ball downfield. You know, he's a real mad dog. So, like, he's fun to watch play whenever he's not on your team. But more than anything, I'm just – I'm still mad that Houston didn't take quarterback in 2014 because they wasted J.J. Watt's prime as a result of that. 
Well, also by the game that we watched, it looks like they wasted Arian Foster's good years there. So well, this was his last good year. Oh, is this the last one? Yeah, because the year after. Is this were, when he went vegan? No, he was already vegan before that. Oh, I thought he went vegan. No, what happened was year. the year after in 2015, they're playing the Dolphins. They're down by 30 points. They're, they finally get the ball in the red zone. They're down by 30 points. They throw like a quick screen to him. He shouldn't be in the game. He makes one cut, tears his Achilles, falls down, and then that in his career. And they're down by 30 points. Did he score? No, he just laid down, and, oh. and that was the end of his career. But no, he was awesome in 2014. He was really great against Oakland uh, two weeks prior to that. But then, so this is O'Brien's first year. They're thir- they're three and one entering this game. They beat uh, RG three led Washington team. It was his first year starting. He was so bad that game. I remember watching that. I was like, oh, he's done. Like he can't move at all. Like everything he's that makes him great, he can't do it all. He's done. The Redskins lost seventeen to six that game. And I remember that game also because the Texans had a fumble at the two-yard line, as we'll get to in this game as well. They beat Oakland 30-14. Foster had a really great game. He had 28 carries for 138 yards, a touchdown. I think Fitzpatrick was 13 for 18 that game for like 170 yards. He was just Foster just controlling the ball, and nothing really mattered after that. They lost the Giants 17-30. A game where they had two red zone turnovers, but the Giants came back and scored a bunch of points. DeAndre Hopkins had the one-hand catch that game that didn't count. I was watching that game earlier because, you know, I was just sitting around waiting for you. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> That sounded like really living, depressing as well. I just was waiting for you. I had nothing I, to do. Yeah, you got to say it like this. Yeah, I was watching that game earlier uh, because I just had nothing to do and I was waiting for you. But uh, because I really wanted to and I was really looking forward to it. And Shane Leckler throws a fake punt pass to Alfred Blue. And like those are my own personal gates of hell. I was just so angry seeing that happen. By the way, why are you watching like depressing moments? Why can't you like put it on oh, something? I, ju- happy? I just couldn't think of that game. It's like I was going back and looking at it for <laughs> it the just show. Happened to be a bad. And one. I was like, what? What was that game? I could not remember it all whatsoever. And then I put it on like, oh yeah. And like Victor Cruz just caught all these slant routes over and over and over again. The Texans slow cornerbacks. Like Cream Jackson was slow five years ago in man coverage. And the Texans didn't learn that five years ago. They kept him in that same spot, cornerback. Hey, you know what? I hate Victor Cruz and that stupid salsa dance. I love that it. He no, no, I like it. No. I like the salsa dance. Oh, I always had to watch the salsa He taught me salsa how to salsa. Dance. No, he didn't. That's, you still don't know how to salsa. Yeah, I know how to salsa because of him. Dude, you're regular Matt, not sexy Matt. I can salsa. You can't salsa. I'm like the mask. I put on that flamingo shirt, you know? By the way, um, I can't remember. I think it may have been you. Where I was like, you know what? I just don't think Cameron Diaz is that good looking. And then I think you were like, your response was, okay, tell me she's not good looking in the mask. And I was like, okay, well, that's that's she, ridiculous. When she wears that striped dress, it's, I hit puberty at six years old because of her. Because even like people are like, oh, yeah, uh, something's about Mary and all that. And I'm like, you know what? It is not the same thing as the mask. Wasn't I think Megan looked it up. I think she was like 20 or 21 in that movie. Really? Like she was really young. Oh, that's a, that's old. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I can't believe I... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Clowney was hurt this game after being drafted as the number one overall pick. Watt, during this game, he had two sacks, 19 tackles, four tackles for a loss, one interception, two touchdowns, a fumble recovery. They beat Buffalo the week before. They, he had zero sacks since Buffalo. He had a pick six that won the game of EJ Manuel. He had nine quarterback hits. <laughs> zero sacks, nine quarterback hits. And it was like... What, the greatest game you'll ever see from a defensive player to not have a sack in. Was this the year that he caught all the touchdowns? Yeah, this is the year. Okay. This is the year he sh- he could have won the MVP. And they gave it to Aaron Rodgers instead. Because the Texans didn't make the playoffs. But that was still the most ridiculous thing because wasn't it like he broke records that nobody's done since like 1939 or some ridiculous year? Uh, I still stand by Rodgers being the MVP that okay. year. Okay. What is the matter it's with because, you? I think we've, we've had think this we had this, Yeah, we had, it's had this argument. the Texans didn't make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, That's he the, should be the MVP. But it's like you even admitted they would have le- They would have lost more than... They probably would have won five games. They would have lost all their games. They, they probably would have won five without him. It's... I mean, come on. You're never going to see it again. It doesn't matter though, if you don't make the playoffs. But the Who problem cares? is... Here, here's, the, here's the issue, though. And this is why I care. Because if he doesn't win it for being that way that Then nobody year, will ever win it. Exactly. And you might as well saying. just change it to a quarterback award. But if he but made, just if he made the playoff, award. if the Texans made the playoffs, and he has that season and doesn't win it, yeah, I I think burn the league down. There's no point to even I just, have it. I don't, I don't get it. I want my, well I want my MVP to be a playoff team, to be on a playoff team. 
It's I just that's I what I want. I'm sorry, but I just I don't understand. Just change it to a quarterback award. You might as well do at this point. Yeah, because you're not going to give it to a running back. Because you're just going to say, "Oh, look at all the slant pass as quarterback." Look how good his blocking is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, running backs don't matter, anyways. By the way, we'll see how Mahomes does this year without having all those weapons. Well, Hill's going to play. What do you mean Hill's going to play? He's going to all all signs points in playing. Yeah. We, this is a different Okay, different all right. I'm so, wait, you shouldn't. Wait. <laughs> when did they say this? I, I was on the internet today, and it, they had that big investigation with him for like 10 hours, and everybody kind of came away that like, yeah, he probably didn't do anything wrong. I'm going to be sick. Yeah. Going back so, to 2014. Yeah, let's go back to this. Let's go back place. to 2014. So Dallas, they're 3-1 and one entering this game too. Mm-hmm. They lost to San Francisco 17-28. Remember that game? That was the year. So the 49ers lost in Super Bowl the year before. They went eight and eight this year, and then this is also the year that Harbaugh got fired. Harbaugh got fired this year too, and left to Michigan. And then this was the year the 49ers like they brought the same team back, but they just won eight games instead. And y'all lost twenty eight seventeen. I remember Navarro Bowman had like a really good pick, like in Dallas's red zone as well too. And all the Cowboys fans were booing that sort of thing. It's weird. That doesn't sound like Cowboys fans. Yeah. I remember laughing. It's like typical Cowboys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, was, this is what I have to I, deal with. While I was living at my parents' house. Uh, <laughs> then they beat the Titans 26-10. The Titans had, guess who was their quarterback in that game? Hold on. Hold on. Hold you got on. it. I believe in you. Hold on. Vince Young. Jake Locker. Dang it. <laughs> then, they lo- then they beat the Rams 34-31. And Austin Davis is the quarterback of that team. And then they beat the Hold New on. Orleans Saints. Hold on, can we go back? Is Jake Locker wasn't he like the third pick in the draft? Well, it, yeah. So him, Watt was in that same. It was Watt, Patrick Peterson, uh, Cam Newton, all those guys. And then the Jaguars took Blaine Gabbert, and the Titans took Jake Locker. And there was like oh ten. And then Von Miller was in that draft. Marcel Dar- Marcel Darius is like the worst top ten pick in that draft class. Not like not outside of Locker and Gabbert. Gabbert. But it's like if you took anybody else, you would have had an All Pro. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Anybody else. You could have done anything. Anybody else. You could have thrown a dart. It just happened to pick those guys. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was very funny. And then you guys beat New Orleans 38-17. Yeah, that was when New Orleans was great. Yeah, it's, because they didn't have a good defensive draft class until two years ago. Yeah, they didn't have any young guys. Nor yeah. did they have Camara. Yeah. Uh, dude, I just I don't like 2014. It just gave me too much hope to where it actually made me care about my team. And I hated that feeling because at, when it comes to football, I never got too caught up in it. I was never the Dallas fan that I was just like, oh, I believe in my team's Super Bowl. No, no, no. I grew up with Vinny Intercept Verde. Yeah. All right. I know. But any Vinny uh, Salsa Valverde. I don't know. It's Salsa Valverde. It's like green salsa. Yeah, but what? That wasn't his name. Yeah. He's Italian. Italian Salsa Valverde. I've watched The Sopranos. Italians love green salsa. Okay. That may be, that's racist, actually. Probably. I'm pretty sure that's Probably racist. Is. Um, so the Texans roster, like I was watching this game. I was like, I forgot about that guy. I forgot about that guy. I forgot about that guy. I wanted to forget everybody I saw in the Dallas Cowboys. So, so some names for you. Uh, Jeff Tarpinian, Mike Muhammad, <laughs> Jared Crick. I forgot Ryan Pickens was the nose tackle for that team too. Um, who are some like Kendrick yeah, Lewis was the free too. safety. He was so bad. DJ Swearinger was really bad. Um, Swearinger just tried to hurt somebody. Yeah, every single he just time. Like, flew everybody through the shoulder. Never learned how to tackle. Yeah, it's all he tried to do was just. I have a shot here. Yeah, I'm taking it. It was also fun seeing like the Texans tight end group of Ryan Griffin, Garrett Graham, and CJ Fedora. It's just like catch flat routes for three yards. I missed that. Uh, I forgot Chris Myers was on this team too. He started center for Houston for like eight years, and they had Ben Jones at uh, right guard and Xavier Sufio at left guard. I miss Bram Brooks and Derek Newton very much, but I guess I mean I, I meant to say that whenever Brooks was out, Ben Jones started right guard for him because Bram Brooks was the typical right guard starter. I forgot how much I missed typical. him too. Yeah, Andre Johnson like his last decent season. After this season, Bill O'Brien told him I can't get you more than forty catches in this offense. And then so he went and signed with the Indianapolis Colts. And the Texans signed Nate Washington instead. I think he had 45 catches. You're like, good. I'm glad you did that. Thank yeah, you. Thank he at you. least stood by his word. Yeah. I'm glad that you had the best, or like everybody's favorite player in franchise history go somewhere else when he could just got like 55 catches. 
Yeah, but he also didn't want to do that because he wanted to be like the center. No, point. he still would have got catches. Yeah, but he didn't want to. He wanted he because got he was, fifty catches. Yeah, but so. he understood that it was Hopkins' time. I mean, I think he only had like thirty in Indianapolis. Yeah, oh yeah, I don't even he remember him catching a, yeah. a football in Indianapolis. It was, it was very sad to see. Um, he was also really slow. I remember he couldn't get off. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to get off sometimes. It's hard to get off. <laughs> I just hate that. Uh, yeah, so it's just like it's weird because you know you watch this team and then you're only five years later after it. And I think it's kind of like the sad thing about football is how quickly the roster turns over. So the Texans this year on their defense, the only players left over from that team five years ago is Jadavian Clowney and Jonathan Joseph. The entire defense is gone aside from those two guys. On offense, I think the only player left now is DeAndre Hopkins. The rest of the entire offense has been completely turned out as well, too. So there's only three players left from a team that's only five years old. And it's just weird. Like, it's weird how quickly, you know, football kind of chews in and out. How you have a team for, like, three years, and then the whole team completely changes kind of in a way again. And the only true constant you have is your quarterback. I think I only have my offensive line and my tight end. Yeah, accidentally. Yeah, and the tight end's accidental. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else, though. Well, so Dallas, the offensive line, of course, is Tyron Smith, Ronald Leary. Ronald Leary plays for Denver now. Travis Frederick, Doug Martin, Doug Freeve started right tackle. Mm-hmm. Now you have Collins. Um, you had, you know, Looney started center because Frederick was out. And then you had Sue Field played some left guard as well, too. Uh, I can't remember who's going to play guard for you all this year, though. I don't know. I knew it, but now I don't know it. I've been focusing on basketball and how much I hate it. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> And then, like, watching Dallas, the funniest thing about watching Dallas this game is there's no good defensive players except for Rolando McClain. And he, and if he doesn't so make a good. tackle, then the guy's easily getting 10 yards. Yeah. He's the guy and who he's has like to stop And he's, like, 265 pounds, just, like, sideline to sideline. And uh, if you forgot, they signed McClain on a one-year deal. He was, you know, I think he was a top-10 pick in Oakland, and he had troubles with the wall and that sort of thing. And the Cowboys went and bring him back. They didn't know if they are going to bring him back or not. I guess he got... And then he had knocked out of the league after like a year. He got up to like 285 pounds. After the season, he never came back to Dallas. I think you guys actually signed him for all the training, back, training camp. It's like, yeah, you can't play football when you weigh 290 pounds. You're a middle linebacker. I think the issue with Dallas is that they always find these guys that are good for like the one year. Yeah. They're the one-year wonders is what they have. They've never had like a solid guy that's going to be able to just hang around. But that all changes now. This is the year, man. Uh, we're talking about 2014. I, you know what? I don't so, like 2014 so, at all. So Even me watching that game, I <laughs> sit, I'm standing up here, and I'm just like, this. I hate this team <laughs> so much. Me watching, I'm just like, you just bring so much disappointment to me. Well, just every play that you do, I'm just like, oh, you don't deserve it. So this Dallas team also like really great players like Terrence Williams. This was the last great year. I enjoyed year. Terrence Williams. The last great year, Des Bryant had. Like, Des Bryant was so good from 11 to 14. And Des then that, this was his last really gone. great year. He's the biggest pain in the butt. And even watching that game when he dropped that football, I go, there you are. It kind of helped him out, though. It didn't really matter. It, it still matters. Um, their cornerbacks were, I think, Brandon Carr was one of them. Wilcox, I forgot about how good Wilcox was that year. I hate Brandon Carr. He got paid $50 million to do absolutely nothing. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins three, does a, a really good job. three yards off a guy. Um, you know, like, Ty, like they have no defensive line also. It's like Tyron Crawford. And some guy named like Nils, who's 31 years old, who led the team with quarterback hits with 15. They finished 22nd run defense DVOA and pass defense DVOA. But what made the Dallas team work was how good that run game was. And they controlled the ball. Their average drive was 2 minutes and 33 seconds, which was the third longest average drive in the the NFL that year. And so they just held on the ball forever, and they kept their defense off the field, and they forced enough turnovers to be, you know, okay enough to win 12 games that year and uh, go to the NFC Divisional round. Yeah, well, whenever it comes to the teams nowadays, they're trying to copy the style once again. It's usually you're choosing either I can let my defense get on the field because I can trust them, and I'm going to get my offense to score as many points as I can, a.k.a. Kansas City, or I don't trust my defense at all, so I need them off the field as much as possible, and I just need to control the clock. Yeah, just give us... I mean, it's what New Orleans does just for, now. Just force, force 22 turnovers a season. Yeah. If you give me 20 turnovers, we can win you know, 10 games, and we'll hold on to the ball. And that's the whole idea. You just need like decent plays to happen for the defense. It's just... it. 
it gets hard whenever you need the defense to make a play at the end of a game. Yeah. Whenever they're not used to it, that's when it gets difficult. It's just uh, watching that team. It brings back so many hurtful memories. <laughs> and yeah. that's why I'm saying, like, all I need is a play from you. Just give me a play to stop a ball. But no, you can't. So you can't do are anything. You, are you ready for Tony Romo, Des Bryant, DeMarco Murray's numbers this year? Well, so I know this, this DeMarco Murray like, was ridiculous. Yeah, this is kind of like whenever the Steelers had Ro- Roethlisberger, Brown, and Bell. And you're like, you know, they have that like three-headed trio of like, you know, your quarterback, your wide receiver, your running back. So... Romo had um, a 69.9% completion percentage, 3,705 yards, 34 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. He averaged 8.5 yards in his attempt. He had a touchdown rate of 7.8%, the greatest mark of his career, or the best mark of his career. DeMarco Murray, like the Cowboys should just pay for his medical bills for the rest of his life. This year he had 392 rushes for 1,845 yards, 4.7 yards a carry, 13 touchdowns. As a receiver... He caught 57 passes on 64 targets for 416 yards, zero touchdowns. He had 2,261 yards from scrimmage. Should have given him the ball more. (laughs) And then Des Bryant, 88 catches, 136 targets, 1,320 yards, 15 yards a catch, 16 touchdowns. Um, And also they had Terrence Williams and Jason Witten. Williams had eight touchdowns and Witten had six touchdowns this year. So, yeah, but like that's, that's I think, a, a really great, you know, trio for one year that Dallas had with Murray and then Des Bryant and then Romo. And the year after, you know, Bryant was hurt. Um, the year after Murray went to Philadelphia, the year after Romo broke his collarbone, and the year after that, which I forgot, and I guess we can kind of save that for the end. But uh, So the game itself, is there any, any other foundation you want to lay down at all? Yeah, the other foundation I wanted to lay down is, dude, Bailey... It's like what I told you, Deering, when we were watching. I'm just going to say this without any spoilers. Within 50 yards, you know it's going in. Outside of 50 yards, ugh, dude, flip a coin. <laughs> you got you like just flip the damn coin. It's kind of like the opening scene of Saul when he wakes up in the bathtub. You know, I'm pretty sure they should have done that with like Dan Bailey, like a Saw episode where you're at 51 yards or like 50 and a half yards. And what happens if he misses? I don't know. Like he loses like a toe. A toe? Oh yeah. Each time he misses, he loses a toe, and he has to hit like three in a row. Okay. Well, I, I was just saying that because you're saying this is set up the stage for the game itself, and like you know, Saul opens up and he wakes up in the bathtub and he loses the key down the drain. Yeah. Yeah. Like he has the key and he loses it. And he doesn't realize it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I don't know if that works here. Are you saying that? Like we're ta- Jerry Jones we're is the you guy who's gonna, dead in the, the middle end. of the bathroom. Is that what you're saying to me right now? I would say... Who's the guy on the floor is my question. I don't think it works for this one, this game. Well, wait. Okay, if you're saying Saw is there, then the, I'm talking a about guy... Just, I'm just the, talking about the bathtub in the very beginning. You know what? I want to go in depth in the uh, scene. I don't know why you're trying to break this up right now. I just now. don't think that, me- that metaphor works. You know what? I just... <laughs> I, I, so, don't, I don't want to talk to you. Do you remember where you were when you watched this game? I was probably with you. I, I was at my parents' house by myself watching this game. And I was, I don't you were. I didn't watch this game with you. I think we talked about, it, but we didn't. I don't think I was with you. Yeah, we weren't. Well, no, I think I was with you. No, you you weren't. You know what? I don't. How do you remember where you were? I remember a lot about this time of year. Why? Well, because I was just I wasn't working. I was just riding a lot, waiting until I was doing the next thing I was gonna do. So I was watching a lot of football. Were you writing like short stories? No, I was writing for this stupid website were that we're doing this podcast for right now. <laughs> So not love novels. No, no love novels. God. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. You should write me a love novel. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it should be about Michelle and Kevin. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the greatest love story ever told was already, has already been told. Um, Which, so what? I, I also the other thing I remember this game too is that entering this game. Ebola had been going around, and, they, and the what, Texans what fans. Is that? No, I'll, I'll never forget it because there was two Texans fans who showed up to the game in hazmat suits because, like, a few people in Dallas had gotten Ebola entering it. And the Dallas Houston rivalry is never one uh, I'll ever understand all, but both those cities hate each other. And so they showed up in hazmat suits, and it was very funny, though. I've always dreamed, though, for a Dallas versus Houston Super Bowl, only because it would be a Texas Civil War. Where yeah. no other state would care. Nobody else would care. 
and it would just be all out Texas chaos. And <laughs> if somehow that Super Bowl was held in Dallas Cowboys Stadium or Matt, Houston, Matt, something would burn down. Or Houston, even. cities would burn. I think I would like it more if it was in like you know Jacksonville or something. No, I want a neutral San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. Let's do it. It really is a shame the Cowboys and Texans don't play their preseason game in San Antonio. It'd be fun. They should. It'd be really fun. Um, so this game, <laughs> I remember liking it a lot more than I did going back and watching it because this game is uh, the first half. Dallas has two turnovers inside the Texans' red it's like zone. The worst first half on planet Earth. Yeah, the first turnover. Demarco Murray uh, gets. It's like a two-yard run. They're trying to pick up the first, you know, pick up two yards to take him for on third and one, and he gets hit on the ball. Uh, I think Kendrick Lewis you know, picks up the fumble, and Dallas is, loses their their uh, possession right there. And the Texans don't score, of course. And then also later in the game, Romo's the ball about the twenty-yard line. Kendrick Lewis is playing, you know, a cover one robber position. He comes across the field, picks off the pass, and the Cowboys get zero points out of that. And so we go into halftime. The game is three-zero. And, like, I just watched this game 30 minutes ago. I can't think of anything that happened that first half aside from those two reds and turnovers. No, didn't Harris fumble as well? I don't think Harris didn't fumble. It was no. Murray fumbled. No, he did fumble. Harris fumbled on the kick return. Oh, yeah, and th- that was in the second half, though. That was in the first half. No, that was the second half. Because the Texans half. scored their first points after that. I think you're lying. It was, that was the second half. I think you're lying. You know what? You need to look that up again. All I know is Harris Fumble the ball as well. In the second half. You know, uh, it's first half. Either way, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's why I hate this team. It's no matter what you expect them with games they should win easily, they're just going to just screw something up. They just have to screw it up. Yeah. They can't have a solid game where it just makes you feel comfortable, which is why I tell everybody all the time, Romo is fun for the show, but he's not fun for winning games. Because then you're just in chaos and in torture the entire time. Yeah, I love I I love that these Dallas games. That pick that he so gross. Really chaotic. That was what kind of made watching the Texans so much fun in 2011, where you're like, oh, they're just gonna come in and kick the crap out of this team, and they're gonna win like by 21 points, and it's gonna be a lot of fun and just like very nice and easy and gentle, and the other team doesn't even stand a chance the entire time. Like it's nice, like watching a Sunday game where like you have to really worry about your team losing or not. No matter what, Dallas is always going to be in the game. If you're bad, if you're good, and it's because they just played down to their opponents with Romo. It was just always what happened, regardless. Well, of hey, the this situation. is a three and one Texans team. Oh, are you being serious right now? All right, this is a team that almost made the playoffs. This is with Fitz. Pa- oh, wait, wait, wait. This is Fitzpatrick. The I always say, what is it? First five or first four games of the I season? Think, I you usually say first five. Yeah, it's like yeah. that's how you know Fitz magic begins. But there's there none was enough Fitz magic though, though Brian. It was like he would scramble, he would throw like one touchdown, two interceptions, except for a game against the Times where he threw four touchdowns, and he would throw like twenty three passes, complete seventeen of them. Uh, and again, like the best thing about watching Fitzpatrick play is like the interception he threw in the first half of this game, where the receiver never even turns and looks for the ball. He no. throws an out route and he gets picked off easily, and you're like, and then everybody talks about he went to Harvard. He's so smart. He's such a genius. And he makes the dumbest plays and dumbest decisions whoa, on the whoa. field. Why do you keep bringing that up? Like you're I can't because that's how I always remember him. It's just because he's the Harvard guy. Yeah, he's the Harvard guy who's like really dumb on the field. I don't think he's really that dumb. Why does he make so many dumb decisions? Because he, is he a gambler? Yes, he's like Ken Stabler. If Ken Stabler didn't have the arm strength, I guess. Listen, what would you do? And the jet and the and the cigar boat. What would you do though if somebody put a curse? Or a gift on you where it's like you're going to have a certain amount of magic. but The magic is going to run out. So you're going to have to use as much as you can before it runs out. That's why he's called Fitz Magic Man. So he is the legend. So he's like the Felix Felicitius Potion. What is, what are you even you saying? About the, the Harry Potter Potion, like you have the best day of your life. Oh, yeah. so I thought it was the one like, was like the luck one. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. It's so like Felix Felicitious or whatever. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. And that. then like Ron thinks he took it, but he didn't take it. And it was that courage was in him all along. Oh, and he had the best Quidditch game <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. And he kissed a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Why are you, what's going on? Why are you like I'm crying very, I'm right very now proud after of you said that? <laughs> I'm very proud of him. What do you mean you're very proud of him? Because he kissed a girl? Yeah. 
We, no, dude. He kissed a girl <laughs> in front of Hermione. Hermione was crushed. Don't you say you're proud of him. And then she made like that bird magic, and then she had the birds fly at him. It was great. I remember. I always remember that because she's had Repugno. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember my magic. I'm like you. I remember the potions. I'm a yeah. potion guy. Uh huh. But it's like the first half is kind of the Texans don't get anything going at all. It's a lot of short passes. DeAndre Hopkins and the Andre Johnson. Uh, they really don't do anything at all. You know, it's a lot of throws on third and eleven for seven yards. They really try to feed the ball to Arian Foster. And Rolando McClain is so good this game. He's sideline to sideline. He's everywhere he's, on the field, and like, man. He's sticking Foster like head up. He's um, the only one that was touching Foster. Everybody else just let him go by. Oh, Arian has a ball. Move. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, I think McClain had like 13 tackles this game. And they were like all run tackles on I Foster. Foster had like 16 carries for 152 yards. Well, the second something. half is when he takes off. Still 16 yeah. carries but for the, 150? It wasn't 16. I saw like one. That's like nine yards to carry, dude. I it was saw like twenty two, <laughs> but the whole what was his the final whole point, total. I think he had one hundred fifty four. Oh, okay, but yeah, like the whole first half though was just McClay making ten run tackles. The Texans throwing the ball to Foster and to Johnson, and then I'm like not really getting anything at all. And then it's the Dallas Cowboys with the red zone turnovers. And this is a game where Dallas should have been up probably seventeen zero entering the half, twenty one zero entering the half. And instead, the Texans were able to you know, be very fortunate for Dallas to have the red zone turnovers that they had to kind of uh, keep points off the board. And so they entered the halftime with the score 3-0 Dallas. And uh, I was like, wow, I, why did I like this game so much? Just how I'm feeling at this point. Your reaction afterwards was I looked at you and I was like, what the hell is this? And you were like, Taylor, it gets, it gets better, better in the second half. <laughs> it gets Don't better. worry. It does Don't worry. Just watch. Yeah. It gets better. Yeah, it, Man, does it doesn't sure. get that much better. Well, I mean, the second half, it starts off, with, like you said, Tarpinian forces that fumble, and then Arian Foster really gets going. Like, Foster's had, like, thinking about it, he's had a couple of games where he just takes over completely, where he's the entire offense. And I think this may be, like, the last, like, really great Arian Foster game. Uh, whenever I think about Foster, I always think about the division around the wall card against the Ravens, where they lost, like, 17-6. to TJ Yates threw four interceptions. Jacoby Jones fumbled the ball their own uh, around their own end zone on punt return. But Foster had like 185 total yards that game against the Ravens front seven that had, you know, Terrell Suggs and Ray Lewis and Nada and, you know, four, four Hall of Famers on there. And he was just so damn good. And, like, I just forgot about how great he was as far as just, like, being the sole carrier of an offense. And the cutbacks, too. Like, he had that cutback on Barry Church on the right at the end of the line of scrimmage. It's one versus one tackle. It's a strong safety. Shakes him and scores. says Dan Fouts, so I eloquently said. I Barry, you better pick up your laundry there on that one. Dude, that was so messed up. Yeah, pretty mean. By the way, talk about time difference. If Are we allowed to say that in 2019? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Can you say to an NFL player, like, if you're an announcer, yeah, that's right, pick up your laundry. Well, he needs to pick up his laundry after that tackle attempt. I thought he said he looks like one of the guys that picks up his laundry. No, that's not what he said. I think he said he looks no, like no. I think he said because the, like, I think he said those people. It, uh, he was I think that's what I heard. No, he was <laughs> trying to say that he looked like he dropped his hamper of clothes trying to make that tackle. Oh yeah, that was still racist. I don't think it was. racist. I think that was pretty racist. If he said what you thought he said, which he, which he did not say, <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what he said. We could take a video of that, post on the internet, and it go viral, and then Dan Fouts have to come out and say he isn't a racist. Isn't that weird? And it was in 2014. Yeah. But we could do that. You know what? Let's do it. I have nothing else to do. It's I mean, summertime. He didn't do anything wrong in this case. It's it, but summer it, loving, dude. This is what happens. Haven't you ever seen Greece? Based off a true story. Yeah. Um, and then, so after that play, Houston's up 7-3. to three. And this is, like, my favorite play of all time. One of my favorite plays of all time. And this is J.J. Watt against Tyron Smith. Watt gets an insane jump off the ball. You love this. Oh, I, I love it so much. Because it's, like, it's just two, it's, like, three incredible plays. So you have Watt's get off. And, like, I've never seen Tyron Smith just be so, like, completely, like, embarrassed, I guess is the word. Just like so, just like obliterated by a player before. He's like, he falls over trying to come back and recover. And then he's on the blind side of Romo. Romo somehow knows he's there and he like spins back away. Wyatt hits him on his left hip. Romo spins away, looks up with the free safety blitzing, and then just heaves in the, in the center of the end zone. And you have Kendrick Lewis chasing uh, 
uh, Williams and Kendrick Lewis falls on his face and Williams catches the touchdown that hits him on his left shoulder bad. And then Dallas goes up 10-7 at this point. Yeah, that was, uh, it was a fine play, but I, I saw plenty of those with Romo. This and is J.J. Watt. What does that mean? This J.J. Watt didn't do Watt anything. This is Tyron Smith off the ball immediately. Having so a clean what? shot on him. J.J. is the greatest, but that doesn't mean that Romo can't spin out of you every once well, in a while. Well, I didn't say he can't because he did it. Okay, well, either way, you're, you know what? I don't know what you're it's saying. Spe- yeah, I'm saying it's a spectacular play. Okay, I feel like you're you're like talking a lot of smack over there to me right now, and I don't appreciate it. All I know is, Romo, I saw that. It's it's okay. You know it, what? It's it's awesome. It's okay. It's the best. Fitzpatrick's was better. All right, Fitzpatrick then well, copied the f- that spin move. That's the fourth move. quarter. You still copy that spin move. So the the play that you're referencing, you know, you could just say it. You know why he copied so the spin? Fitzpatrick is like he's blitzed off the edge, and I was really surprised by how bad the Texans' pass protection was in this game, considering they have Myers, they have Brooks, they have Sophia, they have Brown, uh, and they have Newton. And, like, Newton didn't play that good a game. I think the Cowboys also did a lot of blitzing off the edge as well, too. But Ryan Fitzpatrick spins out of the play, uh, plants, and throws all the way across the formation, DeAndre Hopkins. And Hopkins in this game, it's only his second year. Uh, and Brand Carr couldn't cover him at all. And, like, Hopkins is already kind of showing that, you know, this guy's going to be one of the best receivers in football kind of immediately. And even kind of show that week two of his rookie year, whenever they beat the Titans too. Is that what we got out of this, or did we just show that Brandon Carr is absolutely useless as always? Well, you can't play a a decent quarterback or a bad quarterback on Hopkins without getting burned. Okay, well Carr is terrible, yeah, so bad. you know what? Don't even like say, "Oh, look, this showed Hopkins is great." No, yeah, this showed Hopkins just was on his way to becoming great because there's no real test when you're going up against Brandon Carr. Matt, I would have traded him for a bag of peanuts at the end of his contract, and we paid him $50 million. $50 million. What am I to do? Feels good. It doesn't feel good. (laughs) That's what I mean by why that defense was so bad and why McLean's the only one that you see running out there and caring. You pay money to guys who don't deserve the money. And by the way, Barry Church, how can you get paid to go to Jacksonville and then obviously perform better than how you were with us. Yeah, he had two good years in Jacksonville. Yeah, and it's like he never had those good years with us here. They cut him this year. Oh, did they? Yeah. I thought he was like one of their captains too. Oh, wait, well, wasn't he getting him. paid though like too much or something? Yeah, and he was like, he's... Yeah, he's, and he caused problems last year with the party and I thought. Uh, he's Church is just like, uh, he's mediocre at everything and that's what the biggest thing about him is. Really? You think he's just mediocre? Yeah, like he's pretty good at everything. He's not, like a lot of safeties are, they're good against the run, but they're bad against zone coverage. Or they can play man against the tight end, but they can't tackle. And like, Church would kind of do everything okay. Yeah, yeah, for me, I just, I still I still didn't get to see Church that good. I mean, he played better for Jacksonville than he did ever for Dallas, in my opinion. You really couldn't. Yeah, I think so too. You couldn't count on him much. But it also helps playing with Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye. As your cornerbacks. That's true, too. Yeah, That's it makes true. your job a lot easier. Yeah. Speaking of A.J. Boye, he's on the Texans in this game. He's on the sideline. He's not playing at all. And it says, like, I can't, I don't, it's not Alfred Morris, but there's a guy named Moore on this Texans team. I can't remember his first name. And he's out there getting burned a little bit. Um, the other thing that's really fun about this game, too, is that Jonathan Joseph is five years younger. He's still very good. And watching him play against Des Bryant is fun. Uh, Des Bryant catches a quick touchdown pass against him. Where he doesn't, or he's against Andre Howell, where he doesn't push off. He gets he his hands on him, doesn't extend his arms, catches a quick touchdown, and uh, that gives the Cowboys a 17 to 10 lead. And then what happens, Matt? Do so, we allow them to come back? So 17 10 lead. Yes. The, then Fitzpatrick has the play. He does the Tony Romo impersonation. They get the ball all the way down to the there three it yard is. line. It was a much, it was a much run, prettier pass. They run outside zone over the right guard. Like 40 seconds left, and Foster walks in. And like you say, it kind of looked like they were just letting him score at that point. But there was no like push at all from Dallas. No. So then Dallas gets the ball with 40 seconds left, and they had three timeouts. They had the chance. So it's 17-17 Houston. But remember, Matt, Bailey is 30 for 30 right now. <laughs> yeah, so the Dallas has three timeouts left, 40 seconds or so. Uh, they run like a really good screen pass. It picks up a bunch of yards. And Romo finds, I think he finds Williams for another you know, 15 yards. So they have a field goal to kick. 
And the kick is a, I think it's a 51 yard game game winner with three seconds left. And the score is 17 17. And so what you mentioned? What did you mention earlier, Taylor? It was 53 yarder. So if he's over 50, I think it's 51. It's 53. You know what? I think it's 51. It's 53. This year, see, this year problem. Either way, it was over 50 yards. We're at least agreeing on that point, it which was, is it was the main 47. Okay. Okay, I swear <laughs> to God. Either way, over 50 yards, dude. You have no idea what he's gonna do. Under 50 yards, it's gonna go in every single time. But unlike what I said when it was happening, the announcers. Dan Bailey, he hasn't missed in his last 30 tries. He is a mastermind at kicking. You're just watching the game and I'll always remember, he's going to miss. You just know he's going to miss. When the announcer does that, it's the most frustrating thing. It's like the announcer is secretly saying, 30 for 30. I need you to miss right now. You need to miss. 30 for 30. He's never done that. Nobody ever will. It's, it's, pretty, much, miss. it's pretty much that Buffalo Wild Wings commercial. Yeah. Where it's like they hit the overtime button. It's like, all right, bring in the jinx. That's exactly what it is. And the announcer just tries so hard. It's the same thing with any Olympic announcer. If somebody has like a, a record or something that they're going for that nobody else can meet, but they still have a game to play or anything like that, just don't say anything. Like, make a comment out of it. Like, say, like, one little comment, but don't continue with it. Because then it's like, you're, so, be, you're being a hater. So there's a pitcher, and he has a perfect game going. Don't say, oh, he has a perfect game going. You say, he has yet to give up a hit yet this yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. You just let it keep going. Say, we're in the eighth inning. He has yet to give up a hit or a walk. Yeah, you don't say, he has a perfect game going. Can you if he it? gets this, then he's going to get it all. Why say that? So what's, what's also your Bailey theory, that he can't make anything above 50 yards? Uh, I don't know. I feel like something traumatizing happened. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe he was standing on like a 55-yard line. Maybe he saw like an animal attack somebody or something. He saw his first dead body at like the 53 Or maybe like it was like his first love and he was standing at the 55-yard line about to like propose and then he saw her making out with somebody else in the end zone. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. That's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> and and he thinks about all the good times that happened before the 50-yard line. Oh, yeah. And now every single time they but put I guess the ball it, past I guess it'd, 50, be the 30, it'd be the 33-yard line, though. I wonder what her name was. Uh, Probably Julia. I guess so. <laughs> well, it'd be the 33-yard line because you had 17 to get the field goal total. If you, you kick a field goal from the 50-yard line, okay. you're at 67 All right. yards. See, why are you doing this? I had like a nice little thing going, and now you're trying to get technical with it. Yeah, What's just the say, matter with just you? say the, all the love was from the 33-yard line to the end zone. I like my theory, though. I think my theory is solid. It works out. Yeah, it works out. It's good. Yeah, so you saying this, and you're like, so we watched Dan Bailey miss his kick. And you go, what? Where was he at again? I was like, oh, it was 51 yards. 53. 53. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was plus, it was plus 50 yards. You go, Fucking knew it, you know, very adamantly. That's because he never lets me down. That team, I'll always remember. Romo's face is so funny too. It's just like he just knew it every single time. It's like, yeah, Romo, you have to go do it again. This is what you get. And Jason Garrett's just clapping. Oh God! Somehow he is All still. Red he's the one that's remained eyes. on my team. That's who's remained on my team. Yeah, they met like Dallas. So they the offensive line. You still have Smith. You still have Frederick. You still have Martin. You know it's weird. You Everybody know, else is gone though. You know what's sad about seeing Tyron Smith. I will say this: he didn't have any of his mechanical yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's not a mech. He's not. He he's not made ex- out of metal. It was he like have an exoskeleton. oh, this is adorable. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have an exoskeleton. Yeah. Now every part of his body is covered with some type of contraption. <laughs> God, I, that think that, so I think nice. that's it. It's left for Dallas, though. Just those three guys. Oh, yeah. Because they dropped a Dak after this year. Oh, and Cole Beasley went to Buffalo. Oh, no, and Jason Witten. <laughs> Somehow, yeah, still after, doesn't all, count. after all that, Jason Witten's still here. Yeah, but that's just because. Does Crawford still play for Dallas? No. I thought he played for Oakland, actually. Okay, because Crawford's on that team. Yeah, I thought he played for Oakland. I thought we tried to keep him, but I think somebody paid him too much or something. Yeah. It's usually what happens to those defensive guys. Yeah, they're all. everybody's gone, though. Hey, Everybody's going. I only have rookies, man. I have the Wolf Pack on my team. All right. Uh, so we go We go into overtime. The Aaron Foster says tails. The coin tosses tails. The Texans get the ball. They run the ball pretty well. They set up a fourth and two. 
at you know Dallas's you know past the fifty yard line. Dallas's territory. This bothers you. Fourth and two. All right, fourth and two. You, ha- Arian Foster has like five and a half yards of carry. All right, the second half he's taking over. He's cutting back. He's getting four to five yards pretty easily. Fourth and two. You're in overtime. You need like thirteen more yards to be able to set a game winning field goal. Fourth and two, and they punt it. Of course, they punt the ball. They never see the ball again. Uh, Dallas gets the ball, and they set themselves up. So after Dallas has it. You know, they get a couple of first downs. I wish I, I could say this a lot clearer or a lot more. Uh, That's why I said, if you have you seen the highlights in the whole yeah, game, it makes under, perfect sense right now. All this is just words until yes. you set the play. So Roma made two, made three really great plays. He had that spin out lot earlier in the game. He had the other spin out lot that lets the touchdown. And so now you're facing a third and seven. On the left-hand side of the field, you have Jonathan Joseph versus Des Bryant. They're in press man coverage. Romo takes a snap. The free safety is blitzing free. He just sees the single Romo, coverage. Yeah, Romo sees the safety blitz, looks at the field, sees no safeties. He knows he has Bryant versus Joseph. Just doesn't even look at Bryant. No, just, he throws in, turns his body around. It, yeah. yeah. Like he just slings it without really even looking uh, towards the left sideline. Joseph plays the ball perfectly. But the problem with Jonathan Joseph is that, you know, he's five foot ten. 185 yeah, it's pounds. What you, it's what you're supposed to do. Des Bryant is six foot four, 230 pounds. Jonathan Joseph's able to stick his ball, stick his, stick his hand. He sticks his balls up there? He sticks his arm he in between that, Des Bryant's hand and the ball. So he's like, he's right up there. He's playing the ball as best as you can. And he's actually able to like scoot it, but Bryant is able to hold the ball with one arm, come down, place it against the shoulder pad, and stick the catch to put the, put the Cowboys about the 30-yard line. And so this is like a 60-plus yard passing play here. Dude, he put his balls in Des Bryant's hand. I yeah. don't think you can get any better. Well, no, than he that. put his hand in between Des Bryant's hand and the ball. No, dude, you, you know yeah. what? I don't think we watch the same play now. Did you like the play? It was okay. It was okay. It's the same thing that so, I expected so at this like, point. It's like what I said. It has nothing to do with anything. All he saw was single coverage. He didn't even look. He just threw. Yeah, it was a great throw, a great catch, and it was also the thing I liked the most about these plays that I'm bringing up is that like it's a great offensive play. It's a great defensive play. It's just the outcome is just the reason different. why Tyreek Hill can still play the game is because you can do that play every single time to him. If it's single coverage and he's going to win. Well, but he has seven yards of separation though. Like he's not going to make a jump ball catch over Jonathan Joseph. He doesn't have to. You just have yeah. to throw the ball farther. I guess. So. But I'm saying like, this is not similar to a catch Tyreek Hill would make though. It's something that you would do though. You don't even look at the ball. You see single coverage. You just know to throw it downfield and Tyreek's going to catch it. Yeah, I guess I've so. thrown this point out so many times. You don't you dare! I'm saying this is not like a similar play at all. You know to what, a t- man? kills sort of play. Your attitude today, that 51 yard thing, really made me <laughs> mad. Yeah, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, you Brian, know I don't. Brian I just don't. jumps up and makes a great play, and the Cowboys run the ball like two more plays, and then kick a field goal, and Dallas wins in overtime, 23-20. That play reminded me a lot of the Green Bay game for the. Same. It was similar. Yeah, yeah, same type of catch. Except Bryant should just like gone down in Green Bay. No, he shouldn't have. He went for the play. He went for the touchdown. You're blaming a guy for taking two steps and diving yeah. for the end zone. That's he what should, you're saying. Yeah, he should have went down. He should have secured the ball like he did. In that this doesn't game. make any sense. He did secure the ball. He's holding it with one hand. Yeah, he didn't secure it in the second what second you, game. What are we talking about securing? What is securing the ball? Like he pins the ball against his shoulder pads and goes down with it. Should he have put it in his pants? Is that what would have made everybody feel better? No, he should have just like, like I just don't made understand. the catch. He took that two steps. Yeah, he should have just made the catch. He took two steps. Yeah. I mean, if you would have taken like one, one and it's a half, the, you got a point. He took a, two full it's steps. It's the same thing as the Pittsburgh play that they turned down against New England. By the way. Where he takes two steps and leaves for the end zone. And the ball hits as he's lunging for Pittsburgh it. doesn't deserve anything. Dallas deserves something. Okay. But it's okay. a similar situation. And that's a catch now, though. They changed it again. God, you're making me so mad tonight. Yeah, it's fine. Um, So Dallas wins 20-20. Or 23-20 in overtime. And from this point on, Houston, after this game, they go 1-4 and four during the stretch of five. They're, during the, the stretch of five games from Dallas to their bye week, they go 1-4. and four. They'd be going nine seven, missing the playoffs, and they'd be like a bunch of bad teams after the bye. The game like I always kind of remember is against the Browns because Watt catches a touchdown pass in that game, and also Alfred Blue is like two hundred twenty yards rushing for some reason. He has like forty five carries because he's so good. So he gets like two hundred twenty yards rushing. Um, yeah, it's very funny. And then Dallas, of course, they beat Seattle the week after. They go twelve and four. 
they beat the Lions in the postseason. Do you remember that game at all, the wild card game? It was just like on a controversial like face mask call. And they were like, oh, you didn't touch him or whatever. I'll just always remember. But it was a, it was the same thing with even this year against Seattle with Dak and them. It's just a team where I really do expect them to win. If we were to lose, like, yeah, it's going to stick with me a lot more. But it's still a team where I expect even this year. It's like a home field, Detroit. I think they were, what, 10-6? and six? This year, I think so. So that was that was the Detroit team that had like a really great run defense. Yeah, because I had Sue. It had Fairly, but they didn't have much. It had Ansa. It had Tolik. It had Levy. Those guys are actually healthy. Like they had a really good front seven, and like Matthew Stafford actually threw the ball downfield. They had Calvin Johnson. Did they have Calvin Johnson still? Yeah, I didn't realize that he was still around. That yeah, year. only because I'm surprised that we were able to shut them down. And win well, they won twenty four twenty that game. That'd be an interesting game to go back and watch too. Yeah, actually, I need to remember that game then. Yeah, I think it's in, I think it's cool, just like the parallelism of Brian making this catch against Houston, and then you have that game against Green Bay where it's the kind. Of, I don't I don't remember like what Romo does, but it's a one versus one catch. He goes up over the guy and it's makes the exact it. Same play. And yeah, it's very similar. You can just kind of see it come back all over again. I can guarantee you, it's the same thing what they told Dak whenever he came. To play Dak's not that comfortable with, but it's also because Dez couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. But the moment you see one on one, throw it up, baby. Yeah. Well, like once Brian stopped having 16 touchdown catch seasons, you know, a lot of his value was lost. But yeah, I mean, like going back and looking at the Pro Football Reference page for him, like 11 through through 14, so like from his third year in the league to his sixth year in the league, you're like, oh my gosh, it's just like 1,400 yards on like 70 catches. So like every catch is 15 yards, 16 yards. But there was a reason yards, why he was allowed to and wear he has, 88. And he has 13 touchdowns, you know? Like, there was a reason why he was allowed to wear Michael Irvin's number. Yeah. And like, that's what sucks is, like, he was supposed to continue Did you miss this. him at all watching this game? No, because he was supposed to continue and be this great. Yeah, I mean, he like, got I hurt, Like, I still though. should have had it on my team. Yeah, he just got hurt. Uh, yeah, and I also don't think that it worked. Maybe so. That's kind of where Maybe I'm at with He didn't that. work hard enough as his body got older. Yeah, that's what I mean. To maintain that same performance level. He just always thought that it was going to remain, and yeah. he got paid. He was Jerry's boy. It just, I don't think he ever worked enough at it in order for him to be able to maintain. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Because, you know, like you have guys who are just naturally great athletes, and yeah. they start to drop off, but you have to have that continued work and performance. And you have to be able to continue it. Like, how does Julio, AJ Green, it. and all them continue on? What, is it just because they're natural? No, you can't do it. Well, Julio's from like a different planet. Yeah, Julio doesn't make sense as a human. He's been being. for like nine years now, and he's like gigantic. Yeah, and he still looks like he's nineteen. I don't even know if they give him like a jersey that's a child size, or if that's just the biggest jersey they have. And they said, "I'm sorry, Julio, you got offended." <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It was, I guess, the the other thing from watching this game is I've always like really like cared about this game i guess i've always thought really fondly upon it and like yeah i love Why? well I'm, I'm saying like i love this game because you hate your team no like i just i just i've always loved that romo play i've always loved the des catch i've always remember like arian foster just being really great but i forgot like how great he was and how like controlling he was in this game and then we're going back and watching like yeah this is kind of a shitty game yeah <laughs> it's like the whole first half you don't even need to watch it's i mean like it epitomizes bill o'brien football where like just nothing happens at all. Like you can go to the bathroom. You don't have to do much. You, it's great to watch when you're hungover, and then it kind of ties together something interesting. Um, I'm like I'm so upset that he doesn't go for on that fourth and two in this game. I, and like it really epitomizes. You really are him, like so. really hurt by that. But I'm I'm not because I remember doing another doing the podcast after that game and talking about it's like. You know, when things, whenever Bill O'Brien came to be a head coach, this is me in the past speaking. Okay, you ready? This is serious, yeah. man. So this is me from 2014. It's like, you know, one of the things you get to learn about the head coach whenever he's new is, is he going to be aggressive? Is he going to go for him fourth down he's supposed to? Is he going to call timeouts when he needs to? Is he able to manage like game scenarios? Because these are things that he doesn't have to do whenever he's an offensive coordinator. And I was like, maybe this is, you know, it's one game, but he definitely should have gone for it then at this point. And this is one game. Let's, you know, something to keep an eye on. I don't know if he's going to be conservative and miss this stuff in the future. You know, this is the first time we've seen, but it's something that we have to watch for. And he's just like, continue to do it his entire career. <laughs> you know, like it has never stopped. Like it's been one of the, one of the and all the strange thing about Brian too, is that he makes decisions like this. And yet somehow the Texans win close games, but like they've been able like to continuously be 
like not like an awful one possession record team. I think we should still trade coaches. I think it wouldn't do us any different. And I hate Jason Garrett, so you can compliment Bill O'Brien all you want. And you could say he's this, this, and this. Jason Garrett, I will Wait, trade want, for anything. Do you want Jason Garrett to be your GM? No. Okay. Oh, my God, Bill O'Brien no. used to be your GM, too, though. Uh, for how long? Uh, at least for one season. For one season? Yeah. Does he have any control over the draft? He has final personnel decision control. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does. Yeah, he does. Oh, God. I, okay, Garrett doesn't have that, nor would I ever want that ever. What? Why, who would give him that? The who Houston, gives him Texans. that much power? Who? What? Bill O'Brien has nude photos. He has nude photos of somebody. Now they just try to get a guy that they couldn't get. Now they don't know what to do. So now he I don't know that power. guy. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the hot girlfriend that you once wanted, but now she keeps talking and you can't get rid of her. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> is that what it is? is that or it's like, why? Did you ever watch Scrubs at all? A little bit. Yeah. There's like that character arc where like JD wants to be with the blonde girl Sarah Chalk, and then he finally gets her, and they're like, and then he realizes like me is like, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't I think want I've this seen at all. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's all about the chase, man. Yeah. But once you have it, is it worth it? I don't know. That's the question of life, maybe. Maybe that's what Super Bowls are, you know? I don't know if that's a Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like the pinnacle. Like, you want a trophy. You have proof that you want it. Yeah. It's not like you get, like, a girl or something. Then you're like, oh. Well. I don't even know what I'm uh, saying. Yeah, I don't know. But I guess, saying, so yeah. there's three points. I guess three things that I took. Maybe more than three. But the big things that I took from watching this is. <laughs> this is a one, lot of serious things going this, on. This game reminds me of Transformers 1. I saw that movie when I was 15. I was like, this is the best movie ever. Then I watched it five years later. I was like, this is one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen. So this this is pretty much like watching Transformers 1 all over again for me. I was like, I love this game. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It's a pretty crappy game, actually. <laughs> is Bill O'Brien Megan Fox? Bill O'Brien is not Megan Fox. And Jason Garrett is Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, and they can't even coach the game because they keep kissing each other. Because they keep kissing each other, yeah. so um, they're robotic cars. The second thing there. is just like how quickly time changes teams in football. Like how like you like you say a basketball team, for example, you had Ginobili, Parker, and Duncan. They played twelve years together, fourteen years together, whatever it was. Now you have a football team. Five years later, there's four players left on each of these teams. Why are you trying to make me cry right now? I'm not trying to make you cry. I'm just saying, like, there's just such a different, just like how physical the game is. You only have a, you only have a team for maybe two years, three years if you're lucky, and then it turns over that quickly again. By the way, so you and I were talking as well when it comes to running back contracts because, like, with Demarco Murray's stats for 2014 are ridiculous. Dude, they should just be able to pay. Or with running back contracts, it should be like if you use me for this amount of touches, like each amount of touches that you give me, you you go up a certain tier. I think that'd be fair. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Well, that's what I mean. That's how you don't feel bad for him is that each time it's like, oh, no, he just got 300 touches. Oh, he just got an (laughs) extra 5 million. Yeah, I have to read this one more time because it's so stupid. So Murray had 392 carries and he had 57 catches. That's what I mean. It's insane. So he had 349 touches and he had 2,200 yards on that. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah, that works. And he had what he was bad in Philadelphia the year after. He had one good year in Tennessee. His career was over. Uh, Romo, you know, the they lost to Green Bay the year after he breaks his collarbone. And then the game he came back was the game on Thanksgiving when the Panthers destroyed y'all. And then the year after that, he comes back. God. They did. They draft Dak. And it's the preseason game. He tries to outrun Cam Chancellor. And Chancellor just nails him from behind. And you can just, like, hear Tony Romo scream. And he fractures a vertebrae. Uh, Prescott becomes the quarterback. And y'all, of course, from the division. And then lose to the Packers in the wild card round. And now we have the greatest team of all time. Now you have Dak still. And this year, it's going to be the NFC Championship game. Yeah, <laughs> of course. It is. So, yeah. So yeah. this this really made me think a lot about 2014, my life then. I don't want to go back. How quickly things change. Yeah. I, I don't want to go back at all. It was Actually, I, I did like that time. I didn't like 2014. I liked 2014. Dude, I was worthless. It was fun. It was a lot of turmoil. I it was fun. A lot of uncertainty, but it was fun. Hold on. San Antonio won the championship the year before? Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, this they year won, after they it was won, whatever. They won the championship that spring. Yeah. 
and they beat the Heat in 14. Yeah. So like it's a 13-14 season. So yeah, this season I don't care yeah. about then. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So anyways, that's the show for tonight. Uh, if you Hopefully you have a much greater life where you don't watch no, Houston no, no. Actually, Dallas, you should you should ask our like three million viewers or listeners. You should ask them if they want us to do games like this. That's what a good poll question. Or would you rather today's topics? Well, we'll, we'll have to think something after the fourth. No way, man. Because if we no, might as well just almost, let's just go back to the very first game. Then it's almost season preview time, though. Oh God, yeah. season preview time. Yeah. I hate season I love it. It's time. my favorite thing. I don't like season preview yeah. time. So, anyways, thank you for hopping into the time machine with me tonight, Taylor. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. My name is Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Dominic Radio. Yeah, man, thanks.